right. Good morning, Journey Church. How are we today? Are we doing well? Anybody love Jesus in the house today? Come on. Amen. Amen. Hey, you can grab your seat. So good to see you in the house of God this morning. As Pastor JJ said, my name is Nate, and uh, I come from halfway up the East Coast in Virginia, and uh, I'm honored to be here with you this morning. The last several years as a church planter myself, I have looked to this church and your pastors, JJ and Liz, and just admired their ministry and been inspired by them. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about that God gives pastors as gifts to his church. And God likes you guys a whole lot. Did you know that? Because he gave you all some good gifts in your pastors. And so, man, I want to honor your pastors. Can you put your hands together this morning in honor and show some love for your pastors? This is an incredible place. And uh, this is my first time being able to be here and, and see it in person. And so it's a real honor. It's a real privilege for me to be here today and share God's word. And uh, I believe God has a word for us and God has a word for you this morning. And so uh, I pray that you're ready to receive the word today. Are you ready to receive God's word? You know, there's a difference in hearing the word and receiving the word. To hear the word, it just takes your ears, but to receive it, it takes your heart. And I'm praying today that uh, God would speak something to our heart that we would receive from him. And so I want to read a passage of scripture in Matthew chapter number nine. So if you, ha if you have your Bible, you can open it up in Matthew chapter number nine. And I want to read this passage starting in verse number 35. If you're ready for God's word, somebody say, yeah. yeah. The Bible says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. Don't you love that? Jesus didn't just come preaching a message, but he came with power and signs and wonders. And then it says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. All right. So Jesus sees a group of people and an emotion, a response wells up in his heart because of what he sees. And it tells us the reason why this emotion of compassion came up. Ready? Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Like sheep without a shepherd. The title for my message today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The title is this, You Need a Shepherd. You Need a Shepherd. Would you pray with me today? Father, thank you for the moments that we share in your house and with your people and around your word. And Lord, I pray today that you would do what I cannot do, and that is change our hearts and change our lives. Lord, I pray that when we leave this place, we wouldn't have just attended a service or watched an online stream, but Lord, I pray that we would have heard from you. So Spirit of God, speak to us, change us, transform us in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, somebody say amen. 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 Hey, I want you to go back with me maybe to some of your childhood years and think about the time or the age of your life 
where there were nicknames, where you had nicknames for yourself and for your friends. Anybody have nicknames growing up? And when I say nicknames, I don't mean like the degrading, bullying kind of nicknames, but I mean the uh, kind of nicknames um, that described or pointed to something about you or a characteristic of you or a nature that you had um, as an analogy of sorts to explain who you were or that you called a friend of yours or somebody you ran with. And I particularly think about sports. Growing up, I was a sports guy. I love playing sports. And uh, there were some nicknames that I wish I would have been called. Like, for example, I played basketball. And man, I just, always, I just always wanted to be a better hooper than I was. I always wanted to be able to dunk and I just couldn't do it until I went to the indoor trampoline parks and your boy got one. <laughs> but until then, I just couldn't do it. I was just always a little bit, you know, just couldn't do it. And so in, in basketball in particular, you know, me, I was the smaller kind of guy. So I was like the two guard. I was the shooting guard, just spot up and shoot the three pointers. I, you know, I wasn't much for the paint down low with the big guys, but there was always a few of those guards that were on my team that were just bigger built guys, the broader shoulders, the stronger muscles. So they were the guards, but they were a little bit just quicker and stronger than me. And in particular, a few of them would always have these moves. They would tuck the basketball and they would do this little two-step through the lane and anybody in their way, they would just kind of bounce shoulder off of them. They could go in there with the big guys and they would just kind of pound their way through the lane. And people would look at these guards and be like, man, he's like a tank. I'm like, man, I wish I could be called a tank. <laughs> or like the fullback in football, you know, the guy that would just get the, get the handoff at the goal line, that it didn't matter who was in their way. It didn't matter what the linebacker was doing. Like you didn't want to catch this guy in the open field because he's just going to draw contact. Like he's like a tank. It was like the same guy that played basketball was always the halfback. And everybody was like, man, he's a tank. And man, I just, I just heard that name in that picture. And I just always, like I was string bean. <laughs> I was string bean. I'm like, catch me in the corners, bottom up for a three. Like, don't catch me in the paint. Like, it was some nicknames I wanted, some I didn't, but all of these things describe something about the person that gave you an idea of who they were and their tendencies and their characteristics. And so just thinking about this idea, there's some nicknames you want, some you don't. Some that you would wear uh, as a badge of honor with a smile on your face and kind of pound your chest because you love it. And others, you might not be too excited to wear the badge because it's not something that you would exactly boast about or be proud about. And what's interesting in the biblical narrative is the scriptures describe humanity in many ways. The scriptures paint analogies and pictures of humankind, of me and you, of, of, of mankind. It would describe us in ways, some that we would love. You're the light of the world. You're a city set on the hill. Come on. But then there's some where you're like, I, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if I'd be excited about that. And one that's consistently, commonly used in the scripture to describe me and you is we, we are, you are a sheep. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you're, you're like a sheep. 
Like the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah would speak to this. Jesus speaks about this. This is a common, this is a common thing. Humans, mankind, me and you, we are like sheep. The Bible's painting a picture and trying to show us some things and trying to let us know, hey, you've got some tendencies that are like sheep. You've got some stuff in your nature and, and it's hard for me to describe it to you, so I'm gonna describe it to you with something that you do understand, a sheep, so that you can understand something you wouldn't understand. You are like sheep. And so I began to do a deep dive. I'm not much of an animal guy, personally. Uh, didn't grow up on a farm, and you know, it's just not watching the animal planet. That's just not my lane in life that God has allowed. So, so I, I didn't know much about this, but I began to dive into, if we are like sheep, what are we like? What, what are our tendencies? What would God spiritually be trying to communicate to us things about ourselves as to who we are and, and how, we, how we walk through this life and how we are to engage with God? And, and I found so many things, but for time today, I wanna give you three things that I learned about sheep that, that I think are true of me and you. Is this okay? Are you ready for it this morning? The first thing I found about sheep is this. Number one, sheep have no direction. <laughs> Sometimes when I sermon prep, I have to really try hard to find stories and find analogies to communicate with what I'm trying to get across. But when I began to deep dive into sheep and learn about sheep, like I didn't have to look hard at all. That sheep have no direction. Uh, do you wanna know where sheep go? wherever they want. <laughs> do you want to know what sheep do? Whatever they want. Do you want to know who sheep follow? Whoever's right in front of them. Like whichever way the wind blows, depending on the day, depending on the weather, like they are directionless and purposeless in their going and wandering. <laughs> You know the question that you maybe were asked as a kid, if all your friends jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? Sheep would be like, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> True story was doing research on this and there was two shepherds in Eastern Turkey that were looking over a flock of 1,500 sheep, okay? Eastern Turkey, 1,500 sheep, two shepherds put in charge or care of the sheep. They weren't doing their job very well one morning. Maybe, I, I, I don't know what they were doing. They were slacking on the job, eating breakfast, whatever it was, and the sheep began to wander. The 1,500 sheep in the flock began to wander, and they began to wander in the direction of a cliff. And they didn't just wander in the direction of the cliff, they started going over the cliff. And so the first few sheep go off the cliff. And, and again, what do sheep do? They just follow whoever's in front of them, wherever it's going. And so the next row of sheep, and they, they're all going off this cliff. And by the time the sheep get to the edge and they realize it's a cliff, the rest of the flock is pushing on them. So they're all kind of pushing the first row over the edge of this cliff. And the first 400 sheep fall to their death and die. 
but what the first 400 do is create a giant landing pad and the next 1100 fall and live because they landed on the pillow made by the first 400. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Just like sheep are dumb. I read another story. A farmer had the sheep in the barn in the contained area where they were and he's letting them out. And for whatever reason, he wants to do this. He puts a string in front of the gate where they're let out about a foot off the ground. And so the sheep begin to leave the barn and to go out into the field and they hop over the string. And so every sheep thereafter just hops over the string. And then after a few of them get out of the barn, he takes the string away. So there's now no longer a string in front of the door. But from there on out, every single sheep with, with let me just emphasize for clarity, there's now no string. Every sheep that's leaving the barn is leaving the barn, still jumping out. You're like, what are you doing? Like, they're doing exactly what the person in front of them was doing. Why are they doing it? Well, just because they were doing it. They're, they've got no direction. They've got no sense of, of direction or purpose in their wandering. It's literally just wandering. Where are you going? Wherever I feel like. Why are you going there? I don't know. Where are you going to go tomorrow? We'll see. Like, they're not just directionless, but... It, but if, if they need to go somewhere, they don't know how to get there. If, if they need water, they're not able to purposely guide and direct themselves to it to get there. They, they are completely directionless in their existence. And, and the scripture would paint this picture to say, hey, this is me and you without outside intervention. Me and you Without outside help or outside intervention, we are completely directionless without guidance. Amen. This is, this is modern spirituality. This is, this is the world we're in today. What are you doing? Where are you following? Whatever I feel like. Why are you doing it? I don't know. That's what they're doing. Is that what you're doing tomorrow? I don't know. We'll see. Like there's, there's a meaningless, there's, there's no target to aim at. There's just a wandering, a wandering. And, and, and th 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 this is me and you without outside help, with outside, without outside help and intervention that we, we have no guidance, we have no direction. Man, this is why we can be in so many different seasons of our life and so many and feel like we're back at the same spot and we're more tired and more exhausted before and we're right where we felt and we're, we're just, we're, I, I don't have direction, I don't have purpose. That's why getting connected to a local church in the body of Christ is important so that we can walk into purpose together and go on purpose together, but without outside help, we're just meaningless and tired and wandering and we need some purpose and guidance and direction. 
This is like the whole New Testament. The apostle Paul is writing back to churches that are prone to wander. He's like, guys, remember there's one gospel. Remember there's one God, there's one church. Like, like stay on the truth of Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Why does he have to tell them that? Because they're prone to wander. Because we're prone to just go off track if we're left to ourselves because we've got no guidance or direction. Sheep have no guidance. They not only have no direction, but the second thing is this, they have no defense. Sheep have no ability <laughs> to defend themselves. Now, if we're like really trying to stretch it this morning, really trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, they do have two things in their favor when a predator comes. One, there's just a lot of them. It's just a flock. So it's like, I like my chances. I'm faster than Billy, so I'm good. You know, it's like, you just like my chances. And then again, this is really a stretch. You really have to try hard to make this argument. But like sheep, sheep do have the ability to like, kick a little bit. <laughs> but those fragile little legs, string bean legs, not going to do much probably. At best, there's just a lot of them and they can kick. But, but think about animals in general. Like God has given a lot of animals the ability to defend themselves, right? Like, um, like I think about the skunk. Like, come near me. You're going to stink. Like, how about like the blowfish, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, come near me, boom, I'm gonna protect myself. How about like a cheetah? Like, come at me, I'm fast, I'm gonna get away. Like, like there's things animals have, there, there's things God has given different animals to help protect themselves against a predator. But a sheep, God's like, nah, I ain't giving them nothing. <laughs> Zero defense. Zero ability to defend themselves. Like when predator comes dashing, sprinting across the field at the sheep, like dude doesn't have a shot. Like not in any stretch of the imagination does the sheep have the ability to do something there. So it is spiritually for me and you against real darkness. Spiritually speaking, you got no shot by yourself against darkness. I'm not trying to puff up the enemy and Satan and act like he's, he's, he's all that, but I am saying, what are you going to do? Defeat him on your own? What are you going to do? You're going to white knuckle addiction? Man, what are you going to do? You're just going to power through heartache? You're going to push back real darkness on your own spiritually. No, no, no. We're, we're sheep. <laughs> We've got no defense. We've got no ability to defend ourselves. Without outside help and intervention, we are powerless and defenseless against the enemy. Not only are we directionless and defenseless, but the third thing is this, is sheep can give no help. So if a sheep has a need or there's something wrong, it cannot help itself. Or if another sheep has a need, it can't help its friend. And even quite frankly, they can't really help people. Like you, you don't see sheep being used 
to carry burdens or carry loads or to travel. Like nobody rides a sheep to the next town. Nobody, nobody lays, um, lays their cargo or their stuff on maybe like you would a camel or a horse to transport it. Like, like sheep can't carry loads because it would crush them. Sheep can't carry a burden because it would destroy it. Like it, it can't offer any help to people in that manner and they can't offer any help to themselves or to each other. So much so I was reading amongst shepherds, there's a term called cast down, cast down. Sheeps will, sheep for any number of reasons will get cast down. That essentially means they get knocked over. It could be somebody runs into them. It could mean they just slip on the side of a hill. For any number of reasons, a sheep can get knocked down. The term is cast down. And when it's cast down, the sheep is laying on its back with all fours up in the air, like so. Cast down. And and when a sheep is cast down, a sheep is unable to get itself back up. And other sheep are unable to get its friend up. Like, can you imagine this? Can you imagine the sheep hanging down? They're like, oh, dang it, man, Kyle's cast down. Somebody help Kyle. You know, like, oh gosh, they're, they're cast down. Like, when a sheep is cast down, it will literally, if there's no outside help, it will literally starve to death and die like this. Or a predator will come and just praise Jesus because they got a meal on a silver platter. They're like, thank you. I didn't even have to try for this one today. Like when they're cast down, they've got no ability to help themselves or each other, like completely helpless. So it is with me and you spiritually. We, we are cast down spiritually without Christ. You know what a cast down sheep can do for themselves? Nothing. Scripture talks about me and you apart from God. We are dead in our sins. You know what a dead person can do for themselves? Nothing. Nothing. Like, like totally dependent, totally reliant on outside help. This is a picture of our spiritual condition apart from Christ that, that we need help. And I realized today everything I'm saying about sheep and, and me and you today seems, seems negative and seems degrading. And I, and I didn't just come here to tear people down. <laughs> You've got no uh, guidance or defense or, or help. But, but there, there is one incredible thing, even of all these negative things about sheep, there is one thing that we certainly know about sheep, and that is sheep have value. Sheep have value. The very fact that there's an occupation of a shepherd declares that sheep have value. If sheep didn't have value, there would be no need to pay someone value to watch them. The fact that people will hire someone and pay them with money, with value, is to say, hey, I'm valuing what you're doing because what you're doing is valuable. Sheep have value. 
so, so yeah, we, we, we don't have guidance. Yeah, we don't have defense. And yeah, we don't have help. But the Bible and this analogy would declare over every single person in all of humanity that you have incredible value. That, that, that you're valuable, that you're made in God's image, that before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you and, and he, he destined plans for you and he had good things prepared for you. That, I mean, it doesn't matter the color of your skin or the language you speak or the neighborhood you grew up in or the Enneagram number you have or the personality you have or what the people in your home said to you or about you growing up or the grades you did or didn't get or the trophies you did or didn't get or the struggles you have or haven't had. You've got value you. You're valuable. Made in the image of God. An image bearer of the almighty God. You, you, you were something Jesus paid for with his blood. You've got value. You're valuable. You're valuable today. I think a lot of us need to believe this, but it's also something I think a lot of us maybe have heard before. Maybe this isn't something you haven't heard before that you've got value. But I think, <laughs> I think we can go wrong maybe if we only stay there and we just say and camp out on the idea of we've got value. We got value, I'm made in the image of God, I'm great. I got value, I got value. And that's great, but, but I wanna kindly remind you, you're still a sheep. You've got value and you're still a sheep. And they're both true at the same time. And because me and you are like sheep, we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. And the good news this morning is that God, not only in the biblical narrative, refers to humanity consistently and often as sheep, but he also refers to himself as a shepherd. He says this in the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, he says that he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart and he gently leads those that have young, John chapter 10, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. God refers to himself. He says, hey, I'm the shepherd. And, and you're a sheep. The good news is I'm a shepherd. And there's three things that the shepherd gives. The first thing is this, the shepherd gives guidance. So hey, sheep on our own, on our own, we don't have guidance, but the good news is the shepherd gives guidance. So, so without outside help, where do I go? I don't know, whatever I feel like, whatever way the wind blows, wherever where I'm going. But now that I have a shepherd, where do I go? Wherever the shepherd leads me. What's my purpose? Where's my direction? Well, I don't have to have it all figured out, but I know the shepherd does. And I can follow his voice and follow his lead. And the shepherd will guide me because the shepherd knows what I don't know. The shepherd has been where I haven't been. The shepherd has things that I don't have. The shepherd can guide me. The shepherd's trained for this. The shepherd lives for this. The shepherd exists to guide me and to lead me into flourishing, to lead me into life. He's, he can guide me. Psalm 23, I love this Psalm. Psalm 23, verse number one says, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I lack nothing. Then look at this, ready? It's him guiding the sheep. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. What's the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep? Well, the shepherd's guiding the sheep. He makes me lie down. He said, hey, hey, stop right here. This is going to be really good for you here. Hey, hey, stay here because you're going to flourish here. Hey, you don't need to always have your eyes peeled and always be looking around. You can rest easy. My burden is light. Relax. This is a good spot for you. Hey, 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 the, the climate's changing now. The water's gone up, but you don't need to worry about that. I'm the shepherd. I can guide you. Let me lead you beside these still waters over here. Come on, follow my voice. I can lead you here. Oh, now we're here. It's okay. Relax here. No need to have your eyes peeled. I got mine peeled. Relax by the waters. My burden is light. I'll guide you. Man, what's the life of a sheep? Is following the guidance of the shepherd. The shepherd can give us the guidance we don't have on our own. The shepherd can give us the true north that we don't have on our own. The shepherd can lead and guide and lead us into flourishing that we can't create on our own. The shepherd gives guidance. Listen to the voice of the shepherd today. Spirit of God, tune our ears into the shepherd's voice today that would lead us and guide us and shift our direction towards what you'd have for us. Spirit of God, lead us. This is what the shepherd does. The shepherd gives guidance. The shepherd also gives defense. Sheep are defenseless, but that's okay. The shepherd's got some defense. The shepherd's got some weapons the sheep don't have. The shepherd can fight some battles the sheep can't fight. The shepherd can go to war in a way that the sheep can't go to war. Like, look, look, if you're a sheep with a shepherd, you can survive attacks that you wouldn't without a shepherd. Oh, look, this is a, a sheep without a shepherd will not survive the same attacks that a sheep with the shepherd will. Man, have you ever, have you ever been through something like all hell's broken loose in your life and, and the enemy is just having a field day in your life, but after the dust has settled, you're still standing and you still live to fight another day and people look at you like you're crazy and people look at you like it's fake because they know there's no way you could still be standing when, when you know, hey, I got a shepherd. Like I'm still standing today, not because I have the ability to win this thing, but I'm still standing today because I have a shepherd. Man, for some of you, maybe you don't know God today. Maybe you haven't surrendered your life to the good shepherd that is Jesus. And maybe, maybe you keep getting knocked down by the battles of life. And I'd encourage you today, don't fight that thing on your own. You need a shepherd. You need to surrender your life to a shepherd who can fight for you and, and has, has power you don't have and can win battles you can't win. You need a shepherd. The shepherd gives defense. The sheep have a calm and an ease to them when they go are in, in, in attack and in a battle when they've got a shepherd. Because they know he's fighting for me. He's done this before. That thing scares me, but it doesn't scare him. Shepherd gives defense. 
And the third thing that the shepherd does is the shepherd gives help. Shepherd gives help. When sheep can't help themselves, the shepherd helps. When, when the sheep don't act in their own best interest, the shepherd would help. I was even reading sheep, if they're on their way to clean water to drink, but they run into a muddy puddle 10 feet before the clean water, they'll stop at the muddy puddle and settle for that. They won't go around it to the clean water. Like they'll settle for less. They won't help themselves. And what the shepherd is able to do is offer them help to say, no, 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 don't settle for that. Don't settle for that. There's something better ahead of you. Let me lead you and guide you to the clean waters. Let me, let me help. And when the sheep is cast down, the shepherd can help. When the sheep is cast down, what would be impossible for the sheep is easy for the shepherd. Like the shepherd can see a cast down sheep and can come and assist and fix that problem in seconds with ease. And the good shepherd gives help because me and you spiritually without Christ are here. This is us. And for some of us, we can maybe squirm more than others or try to get up more than others. But at the end of the day, without Christ, me and you are cast down. And the good shepherd offers help. Jesus came to live the life we could and live and die the death we deserve to die. And on the third day, he rose again so that if we put our faith in him, we might be saved. We who are spiritually dead might become spiritually alive in Christ. That, that Jesus, it's, it is his pleasure and delight and with ease to save you and lift you up and give you new life and to forgive you. The shepherd offers help. He can help. Me and you, we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. If we've learned anything over this last 15 months or everything we've had to face and go through, man, I feel like I've learned and felt I need a shepherd. I need guidance. I need defense. I can't fight these battles by myself. And I need help. I need help from heaven. I need supernatural power and strength to do what I can't do. I need a shepherd. And the good news of the gospel today is that Jesus is a good shepherd. Jesus is a good shepherd. I'll close with this one scripture. I love where Jesus declares this about himself in John chapter 10. He says this in John chapter 10, verse number 11. I want this to just sink into your heart today. I want this to tattoo on your spirit that God would encourage you with it today with his word. Here's what Jesus says. Are you ready for this? You ready? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So, so here's what Jesus is doing as he's describing himself as the good shepherd. Are you ready for this? Look at this. So Jesus is comparing a shepherd to a hired hand. He, he, he's comparing himself as the good shepherd to a hired shepherd. He says, hey, the shepherd is out tending the flock. 
and a wolf comes, danger comes, a problem arises. And when a problem arises, here's what goes on in the mind of a hired hand. This is dangerous. This could cost the sheep their lives and this could cost me my life. And I need to determine now the level of danger I'm up against. And I need to calculate very quickly if what I'm getting paid to be here is worth the risk I'm about to take. Is my hourly wage, is my compensation worth the gamble I'm about to enter into on my life to fight this thing? That's a hired hand. And, and he's saying, hey, most of the time, depending on the wolf, depending on the bear, the conclusion that is drawn by the hired hand is this. It ain't worth it. I'll go get a different job. I'll go work extra hours. I'll go find something that pays different. But, but me being out here and compensated, what I'm compensated is not worth the risk for my life. So I'm gonna protect my life and the sheep will get scattered. And Jesus is drawing this analogy to say like, hey, hey, that's the hired hand, but I'm the good shepherd. And, and when danger comes, I don't calculate and make the decision to save my own life. But in fact, I do quite the opposite. When sin knocks on the door and when darkness is coming, I don't run for my life. I surrender my life. I, I, I don't retreat. I run to it. I willingly, sacrificially, lovingly spread my arms and lay down my life because I love the sheep. For the benefit of the sheep. So Jesus would say, hey, I'm the good shepherd. I can guide you. I can protect you. I can, I can help you. I can lead you into flourishing. What I know is true about my own life and what I believe is true about every person in the room and everyone watching online today is that wherever you are, you need a shepherd. And Jesus is that shepherd and I'd love to pray for you today. Maybe you're far from God in this place watching online today and maybe you are a sheep without a shepherd. Maybe on the outside you're smiling and feeling great, but your soul is cast down and you are tired and defenseless and weary. And the Good Shepherd would love to save you today. The Good Shepherd would love to help you today. Maybe you, you have followed Jesus at one point in your life, but you're far from him today and you need to come back under the care of the Good Shepherd into the flock of the Good Shepherd. I wanna lead you in a prayer today to make Jesus your Good Shepherd. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. If that's you, if God is speaking to you today through his word, and you need to put your faith in the good news of Jesus, the good shepherd. Today, if you need to come back under the care of the shepherd and give your life to Jesus, 
if you're aware of the fact that you are a sinner and you cannot be the forgiver of your own sins and you cannot be the leader of your own life and today you need Jesus to do that for you, he would love to do that for you. If that's you and you wanna say this prayer with me, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three, say, Pastor Nate, that's me today. I need to trust the good shepherd. One, two, three, stick your hands straight up in the air. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else today? Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, I want to lead you in a prayer and for the benefit of those that are praying this for the first time today, for those that put their hand up church, I want to ask us all to say this prayer together. And this is not a magical prayer. These are not magical words. It's not a formula that saves you. What saves you and what God responds to is your heart crying out to him, asking for forgiveness. So church family, can you repeat this with me today? Dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. I believe that he came and he died and he rose again. I confess my sin to you. Ask you to forgive me of my sin and be the leader of my life. I commit to following you from this day forward. No turning back. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Hey, church family, can we put our hands together today and worship and thank Jesus for his goodness? We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.